for you that haven't seen some of these episodes in The Chosen, that one just kind of triggered something in my spirit and God spoke to me. Amen. Uh, about how we're chosen and how far he will go to help us get to where we need to be in him. And how can you know, how can you know that your interest is God's interest in others? Amen. For the guests here, I thank you for being here. And I, I know the dynamics in the room is pretty thick and heavy right now. But it's what we need. You see, the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces, it divides between the soul and the spirit, the bone and the flesh. And that's good. And even though many will have a Bible on their coffee table, two or three out through the house, what God's more interested in is you having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. It really does not make him excited necessarily. And I encourage you, if you can memorize the Bible, great. But being able to quote the Bible and not really know the author doesn't really help you get to where you need to be. But if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, as much as we want the joy of the Lord and the peace of God in our life, and everybody here wants that, right? Most of the time when God speaks, it pierces, it brings pain. And it challenges us to do the one necessary thing in Scripture when you read it that must happen to all of us, and that's called change. I personally, in my flesh, do not like change. But I need Jesus. And for me to get what I need today in him, change is the necessary factor. We're changed into his image from one glorious revelation, breath from heaven to the next glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And so how can I know that my interest is his interest in you? How can I know that? Amen. I need Jesus. My temptation is to see what's wrong and try to help you correct it. You notice I said my temptation is to see what's wrong and what's not right from my lens and help you get it right. And our Father from heaven's not asking any of us to do that with one another. He is asking us to see through his lens what he sees. And we should, every one of us should, see the people in our path as God's children. He's not disappointed in anybody. Yet everybody makes mistakes and everybody makes choices that from my lens, you should be ashamed big time, right? But from his lens, he went to a cross and gave everything so that everybody could get up from whatever problem, whatever circumstance or situation, whatever sin, whatever regret that may be in their life, and have hope from heaven, have life from heaven, take on identity from heaven, and live life in that life more abundantly. Your best days are before you. That's all I can hear him telling me about you. 
is that he's excited about the fact that he chose today to be patient with all of us and to give us another day. This is the day the Lord hath made. Amen. He, he gave us an opportunity to trust him with whatever challenges there are in life. Amen. I, I was reminded this morning on the way to church about 25 years ago, I received a speeding ticket in Universal City. I was doing 32 in a 30 mile an hour zone. And while they're writing the ticket, the Lord's telling me to be kind and courteous and realize who they are. I'm learning more about how much God loves everybody. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I getting a ticket for 32 and a 30? And the Lord come back and it kind of pierced me. Ugh. He said, well, son, you broke the limit. He wasn't interested in my logic. He let me know that his child probably wasn't going to give anybody else a ticket at 32 and a 30. But he wanted him to give me a ticket for 32 and a 30. Isn't that interesting? That the Lord wanted to talk to me about some ideas that I host that's logical and uh, that's got to be, that's the way you should do it. And the Lord says, no. I'm after something in you, son. And I need you to relax and I need you to realize that the world don't turn based on your ideas and your opinions and your preferences. Amen. Look, I'm sure all those characters that's playing out, all our brothers 2,000 years ago, they done the best they could, but it was probably even more intense than that based on what I read. Amen. And so I want to know. I want to know. And I can know because he's intimate. We're not here to get stuff from God. We're here to have fellowship with God. And if I'll choose to have fellowship with him and host his presence, he'll add everything that I need and more than what I need. I want to know. And I can know through fellowship with God what it is about you that makes you so special to him. But if I won't spend time with him, Pastor, are you going to preach on us about, be, no, I'm not here to browbeat anybody. I'm just letting you know about the guy in the mirror. I'm not preaching to anybody here. I'm just telling you about flesh and bone, soul and spirit that I'm dealing with to grow in the Lord. I need more of him. And he went all the way to open the door of the kingdom, amen, and God, which is spirit, God, who is love, robed himself in a fleshly body, showed up as the son of God, paid my debt off and your debt off, and said, look, come. Unto me, ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you that word rest. It's everything. It's everything. You're here today, and every one of us in this room needs another level of rest, another level of peace, another level of joy that we haven't experienced yet. And He wants to give that to us. And I can know, I can know because of his love and his mercy and his patience and his long-suffering and his tenderness and his kindness and his gentleness, his spirit. I can know what it is about you that's got him so turned on. I can know that. And if I'm willing to go there with him, your failures, your flaws, your shortcomings, don't mean nothing. What they can't stand up to what he's saying about you. 
They have no weight when he speaks about you to me. Is anybody catching this? The only reason your flaw has any weight is because I'm in bed with a lying spirit, a religious lying spirit that takes the precious Bible and gives me an interpretation that rules you to deserve death and destruction and punishment. The enemy's good at taking the Bible, the letter, the scripture, and killing with it. But God called you and I out of darkness, religious lies, into marvelous light, into an intimate relationship where we can rest and relax from all the lies that the enemy told us. We can't fix this world, but Jesus can. But he won't. He won't unless we're available. God limits himself to our availability. And when we open up and we let him come to his house, yes, he's going to talk to me about me. And he's going to help me deal with the pain that that word, that sharp two-edged sword brings to me so that I can become broken, contrite, humbled, the bad words submitted, and leave all my opinions and my preferences under him. And the moment I'm willing to go there with him, he has something special to say about you that the enemy can't take from me now. He can't steal it now. He can't kill it. He can't destroy it. And I get to, with him, with daddy, stand in the gap on behalf of his treasure and agree with what he's saying. And if I'll choose, ladies and gentlemen, to... Uh, receive him and declare him before the angels he will declare me before his father the angels are on assignment everyone in this room God is so in love with you that he he's given assignments to ministering spirits that minister to the heirs well, I don't know about them. They, they got problems. They got issues. Uh, they need to grow up. They need to change. As soon as they have my Bible study, they might get an assignment from an angel. It's not the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not being sarcastic, but at the devil. He's losing ground in the spirit right now. And revelations come in the moment I can let go of any judgment I have towards what God loves and who God loves, I can be freed from whatever it is I'm in bondage to. I can go to sleep. I can rest. I don't have to turn and toss. All of a sudden, the, the kingdom of God comes in waves. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, look, the hope for our nation right now is what we're talking about right now. If any government official bothers you, you would be wise to get over it ASAP. Daddy loves them. It don't matter their politics. It don't matter what they're doing. He loves them. Remember, I made mention of this just recently when I'm driving under 1604 about to get on it. The Lord asked me the question. He said, would you die for Barabbas? Before I was able to get on 1604, I was in tears. Are y'all catching it yet? He said, I took the place of a murderer that had more baggage than just that. Would you do that, son? I'm asking you to join with me. I'm asking you to walk with me and follow me. I'm asking you to be available because 
what I came, I came in flesh to show you how to be sons of God, how to be children of the Most High, how, amen, to live up to the identity I've given to you. I showed you how to do it. And I'm not asking you to be Messiah, son. I'm not asking you to save the world. I'm just asking you to be available for the ones I place in your path and to listen to me on what I'm saying about them. There's miracles that are about to come in waves because the ear, a man of the Spirit, is developing in you and you're beginning to realize how much time have we wasted measuring people from our idea of right versus wrong, good versus evil, light versus darkness. How much time have we wasted Amen. In fellowship with a religious lying spirit that does nothing more than continues to keep trying to arise and be like the Most High and be the judge. There's only one judge, ladies and gentlemen, and he's our daddy. We don't have to do that. He's doing that, and he does it righteously. He don't miss anything. What we're learning right now, when you have intimate fellowship with God, it comes with, amen, the fruit of the Spirit. If you can host the fruit of the Spirit, which is the Spirit and fire of God himself, and you can, by the way. Does everybody agree that God wants you to host him? And when we host him... Fruit comes forth. Good fruit. You can't, you can't produce bad fruit when you're hosting Jesus. And I've been going to church a lot over the years. But I finally found out it's time to be the church. And I can't be the church unless I am adorning myself as the bride of Christ with a quiet and gentle spirit. My husband, our husband wants to talk, but I've been a bride that talks too much. Trying to manipulate and control the one I believe is my husband, and all the while I found out it was the devil. Look, I'm a human. My wife found out that the devil had influenced my wife how many years ago, son? 41 years ago? But she's also been watching daddy get my attention. And as the bride, he's asking us to surrender to submit, to humble. This don't fit our culture right now, ladies and gentlemen, I know, but I really don't care what matters the most, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I care in that I'm going to press for the prize. I care that I'm going to say what Daddy's telling me to tell you. We would be wise, men and women here, amen, to yield to the presence of God and put on, adorn yourself, put it on a quiet and a gentle spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. It's huge. Only say what you hear your husband saying. Only do and follow and get beside him and be an ornament to him, a help meet to his purpose. There's no other purpose to go after. I mean, y'all know I didn't plan this. This is none of this is. All I know is the presence of God is provoking me right now to let you know how He sees you. And He's not into divorce. He puts up with a lot from His bride. He's a great husband. And he knows how to lead. He does not dictate to his bride to follow him. He invites her to come go with him. He'll even stop her at times and say, look, you need to return to your first love. 
we need to have some romance. There needs to be some intimacy so I can talk to you about how special, amen, others are that I put in your path, how special my children are. And all moms think they see the value of their kids more than the husbands. But God wired us all to see unique things from his lens and to value those things. Have we as fleshly moms and dads, parents, misused that before? Have we made mistakes and offended the heritage of the Lord before? And yet, he is so merciful and so kind and so gentle and so temperate and long. Y'all, the fruit of the Spirit. Here we go again. When we host the fruit of the Spirit or the Spirit of God, it's the fruit of the Spirit that operates. Now, if that's all that can operate when I'm hosting him, what does that say? Does any of the attributes of the fruit, one fruit, the spirit, one fruit, nine attributes, one fruit, the spirit of God, does it have any element in it for you to look down on anybody at any time? That's what he's showing me. He said, son, I need you to host me so you can really catch on to really who I am so you can be who I say you are. And in the process, he's setting me free from all kinds of religious lies. I don't know how many times over 40 plus years of ministry I've had to repent because I didn't say it right. I had no, I had no ill intent. But I didn't tell the truth. I thought I was. And living a life of repentance is up here. You really don't know how many more times you're going to repent. You don't have a clue. Let me encourage you. It's more than you probably can count right now. And some of us are beyond the hill. We're coming down on the other side. But let me encourage everybody here. Your best days, again, are before you. And the prince of darkness knows that. He knows that. Amen. So how can I know that my interest in you is his interest? Glad you asked. I'm going to read just, just a few passages here today to, to challenge you because why is it that my interest would be any different than God's interest? No one in this room that I have hugged, embraced, communicated with that has any ill intent. You're here today. Because you want to be about your father's business. You want to be about the business that makes a difference. Amen. Business that's eternal, that's effective. It encourages, it brings life. And so the tempter, or rather, the tempter wants to come to me and continually tempt, tempt me to be in charge. And the moment I need to be in charge, that's the evidence right now that uh, your desire has been flawed. I was 3 o'clock a.m. I woke up with this inspiring phrase in my spirit. And so I had to go write it down. I've learned I'll lose it if I don't. But this one stayed with me. I wrote it down and it stayed with me because obviously the son, oh, I want you, I want you to get this, son. And this, this is what had worked for me. Desire has this sidekick called motive. <laughs> and motive will either support true desire or it will sabotage the intent of true desire. Right? Now, some of us may have desire that we shouldn't have. 
And we have it because the enemy has influence with our motives because you're not wired to have negative motive or negative desire. Everyone has the God DNA. It's in you to want to be like the one that designed you. It's in everybody. Everybody wants to be thought of, well, we all need a level of affirmation. We need to know that we're, you know, important or rather significant, that we have weight. I'm not talking about heavyweight, but we have some weight in life, right? We all need to know there's some significance to us. And the enemy is aware of our need to be validated, to be affirmed. And he's after manipulating and controlling us. So if I need to be in charge, why is it that I need to be in charge? Think about that for a moment. Should we pause and write down the reasons? (laughs) And in our culture and in our nation, the idea of independence is skewed. Everyone is unique in God's lens and you are a member of his body. There is no member like the other one. Everybody is special and unique. But the idea of independence has been skewed by the need to be in charge. And so therein lies the big challenge that all of us need to consider today. Why, amen, do I feel the need to be in charge? Hebrews 4 and 12 says it this way. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. I quoted to you the King James, but I want to read the Passion translation of it. We have the living word of God, full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Anybody that has an attraction to follow Jesus is impacted with the question that he asked Peter, which we've heard over the last three or four weeks. Peter, do you love me? And when you begin to consider the question of Jesus, that question brings pain when you consider it. Because everybody, without raising your hands, yeah, I love Jesus. And in the mix of loving him always comes the responsibility of blessing anyone and everybody in your path. There's a few people that if I let my preferences and my opinions get away from me, I don't want to bless them. Now, if you can't bless everybody, can we be real? I'm talking to the guy in the mirror because I've had to talk to him like that. There's a spiritual problem there. There's an agreement going on in your heart that's got to be dealt with. And so the, the Word of God, when I say the Word of God, if, 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 if all of y'all have a Bible, if you would only look at your Bible from the context of having an ear to hear, that when you read it, you can hear the spirit of the author that was in the person who wrote the letter. You're wise at that point. Otherwise... If you can't do that and you want to interpret all that, close your Bible because you're just going to beat yourself up. It's important you catch that. Jesus is looking for people, he says, that has an ear to hear what the Spirit, not Pastor Lowe is saying. Let me say it this way. We're not going to get through today. 
You can turn from light on here if you can. Yes, Lord. We're, we're, we're going to conclude with where he's at right now in the spirit because, man, the spirit of God is heavy right now. Did God love Israel? He still loves Israel. But anyone that comes, Galatians chapter 4, read it for yourself. Anyone that comes under this rule, what's going on? The gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They are the Israel of God. Anyone that repents, walks down in the water, which is kind of foolish to do, but God chose that foolish thing to confound the wise. Have you ever went down and done something you, you felt wise, like, I'm too wise to do that? Think about this for a minute. When you repent from thinking you've got good and evil figured out, when you and I repent from thinking that we understand right from wrong and we <sighs> let go of that, and we realize that only God can stand there and determine that dynamic. When I repent from thinking like that, then I quit crucifying Jesus. You, 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 every time you measure right from wrong, from your logic, he's this is what he told me about the guy in the mirror. He said, you're crucifying me to an open shame, son. Hebrews chapter 6, if you want a Bible reference, it's right there. Does anybody want to re-crucify Christ? Anytime you arise like Lucifer did to be like the Most High and judge and measure and find fault, you re-crucify him. You're going to need the blood of Christ to get back where you belong. Are y'all catching this? We don't want to keep going back and having to do the works over and over and over again, right? Y'all, this helped me when I began to realize this because our world is full of judgment. Our world is full of opinions and preferences and everybody's tooting their horn, I believe in Jesus, but there's really no evidence there because if I believe in Jesus, the fruit will be there, right? You know the tree by the fruit it bears, and when the fruit is there, it's good fruit, temperance, gentleness, kindness, right? And so anyone that repents to him being the judge only and that he judged your sin and your iniquity and your inward vows and guilt and shame, he judged it all on a cross and gave his blood to cover it. When you repent to that reality that I shouldn't even be here, why in the world am I looking at my brother or sister and looking down on them in any form or fashion? Isn't that what Jesus taught? He said, didn't I give you, forgive you of a debt you couldn't pay? You can't pay it back, but I, I forgave it. And you won't forgive your brother that owes you what amount? What amount? So if you don't forgive your brother, so likewise shall your father do to you. He'll throw you back in. He'll have the angels that are on assignment to bless you Take you and put you back in jail until you pay the debt. How are you going to pay the debt? Forgive. Repent. Go back to your first love so you can have romance in the spirit with the one that loves you. So anyone that comes to a place where they deny themselves and they take up their personal cross and get over anyone else being a problem, and they repent to that. Let him be the judge. Then go down in the water in the name that's above every name. And they take that name 
Isn't that what the Son of God said he did? He come in my Father's name. I send the Holy Spirit in my name. <sighs> the name that's above every name. And you are called by his name. Anyone that does that becomes the platform by which the Spirit can come and make his abode. Ah. And Paul said, ye are the Israel of God. Amen. Now, God loves Israel. I got still a few more moments. I look at my wife and I can see she's, all right, daddy, be mindful, be mindful. Thank God for my wife. And I mean that. But God loved Israel and <laughs> went in to that POW camp as special forces and brought them out of Egypt. What an escape. Wow. And Israel, he loved her so much that he said, I want you to let my people go. And if you don't let them go, I'm going to get them out anyway. Kind of like he did us. And he brought Israel out, his church, his people, and brought her to the Mount of God. Just like he does all the world. But the enemy's so good at what he does, the spirit of fear, right? And this idea that I don't deserve. When they get there, God, the one that loves them, says, I want you to come up and commune with me. I want you to come up and worship with me. And when he spoke, it freaked them out. Now, that fear didn't come from him. That fear come from their own idea of themselves and the mindsets and the what do we say? Motives. And they tell Moses, you go up and you commune. You just come back and tell us what God said. Has anybody figured out that don't work well? <laughs> and the church world is doing that today. Pastor, you go up and talk to God, and you come back and you tell us what he said. Isn't it interesting on the Mount of God that the presence and the fire of God was there? Y'all going to find it. Y'all put it together here shortly. The presence and the fire was on the Mount. And God calls Moses up to where the presence and the fire is. And he comes back and his face is shining. Boy, there's been something going on there. And I'm going to tell you, the world can tell when you've been in the presence of God. They can see it. Everybody can see it. It's God's plan. And Jesus tells the group before he leaves in the clouds, haven't I brought you to Mount Zion, the Mount of God, the church of the living God? Y'all tracking and they said, man, we're ready, to go. we're ready to go be a witness for you. No, you're not. We're going to tell everybody, no, you're going to hang out right here until the presence and the fire comes. And when the presence and the fire comes, it's going to empower you. And then you can be my witness. Not before. We got a church world full of people that want to be associated with Jesus, and they'll tell you they believe in Jesus, but they haven't been in the fire and the presence to where they're full, and it's springing up out of them like rivers of living water. This is what Jesus taught. 
He leaped for joy. Listen, he just leaped for joy with excitement because of that day, amen, where everyone that came to him was going to believe, and out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, which they should receive. But he said, none have received it yet. We feel the presence of God in this little room here in the earth, and it's happening not just here, lots of places right now. What you're experiencing is happening all over the world right now in specific locations where God purposely is drawing people from all over the world to these little areas called green zones from a, a very important person in my life. He said, there's red zones and there's green zones. And he was talking to me about how the enemy works and how God works and how God allows darkness to do what darkness does and how the light comes and does what light does. Where light and darkness meet is where we're made. That's where we're made. When light and darkness meet, that's where revelation comes. Instead of trying to say, well, I don't know about that. No. You're in a broken contrite, humbled, submitted, dynamic. Yes, Lord. Anybody ever heard Tony Mills talk about yes, Lord? If you hadn't, you need to hang out with Tony. He'll give you a testimony on what yes, Lord really means. It's the most beautiful revelation of adorning oneself with a quiet and gentle spirit. Amen. It honors her husband, the Lord of heaven. Anybody want to go to the Mount of God? Anybody want to be a part of an outpouring of spirit and fire? God invited Israel of old to come up. But Israel of old said no. And what happened when Israel of old did that? She was overthrown in the wilderness. Paul wrote it to the Corinthian church. Don't, don't be like Israel of old who, who walked through the Red Sea type of baptism, got through the Red Sea, the, left Egypt, which is repentance, left Egypt, went through the Red Sea baptism and got to the Mount of God and would not let him feel her. She was overthrown in the wilderness. And some of you are thinking, man, I want to do this, but I wish I could figure it. You can't figure it out. Get over it. I still ain't figured it out. And it gets better and better and better. And it's like, and after I get filled with it, I realize I need more, and I need more, and I need more. And, and look, look, this is eternal, y'all. God is going to wow you for eternity. You're going to try to figure him out. He's going to let you do it. Amen. He's going to let you come up higher, come up higher, come up higher. This thing don't stop. Amen. But to come up higher, it takes the presence and the fire of God to make the journey. I'll ask you the question again. How do I know that my interest is God's interest in you? And why is it that you're so important to daddy that I need to pay attention? Does that happen to anybody? But I won't pay attention. Well, when you get a quiet and a gentle spirit on yourself and repent and you let God baptize you with his blood, his identity. He'll come in spirit and fire, and he'll start talking to you. Now, oh, my God, I'm glad I know that about you now. Wow. And all of a sudden, there's something about you that ah, I need it in my life. I need you. And because I need him, I need you. And I don't realize how much I need you until I realize how much I need him. Did y'all know that 
Joshua and Caleb kind of eased up the mountain with Moses. Did y'all know that? And they got up there on that mount with Moses. And they were the only two witnesses that crossed over Jordan into the promise. Could we stand? Have y'all come to a conclusion yet that I'm not going to be Moses for you? Are y'all clear that if you think I'm going to tell you what God's saying and that's the way you're going to live, that ain't going to happen? Because I'm gonna, he's going to tell me how to stop you from depending on me to be your voice. Every marriage in this room needs spirit and fire. Every man and woman needs spirit and fire to live up to who God made you to be so that you can be a witness in our culture that we're not confused on what identity is. Our culture is looking for someone to quit talking about it and show us. The only one that's going to show the community and the world right now are those that have been baptized into spirit and fire. The religious world can't show it, but the church of the living God can. And she's intimate with her husband. She's broken because he don't beat her. She's broken by his love. She's humbled by his passion for her. She can't help but submit to him because he showers her with affirmation and love. She can't do enough to be his helpmate and to walk with him. She's full of spirit and fire. And she knows She's got his interest in mind. And she takes care of and she loves his kids. Our world is full of his kids. Some of you are going to drop by H-E-B on the way out. And daddy's got some kids there he's put in your path. He needs you to come out of the mount of God on fire. Face shining. Hope spilling out of you with prophetic utterances. Words from daddy himself to his kids. Come on, mama needs to be talking to their kids about what daddy's saying. All in the mix. Because he gives everything. Amen. If you want this, I, can I encourage you to forget about who's standing next to you right now? But Pastor, you said we need to know what the interest of God is on the. Forget about them for a moment so that God can give you a revelation on how important they are by filling you up until your cup is running over. Until out of you is springing forth the rivers of living water and you can't deny it, and everybody around you sees, oh my God, they got it. They got it. They're full of life now. Does anybody want this today? Amen. Well, we're going to spend the next few moments. No push, but just us and Daddy. And I invite you down. I'll pray with you. But I can promise you where you're standing and where whoever, if you're sitting, that you can be filled with the Spirit, the presence, the fire of God. And it will impact your life and the world around you. And you can sleep at night. And health will come to your body. And you'll have enough to eat. And you won't have to worry about food and clothing. And oh, and all this stuff that the enemy wants us worried about, we can quit worrying. Because we're seeking first the kingdom. Amen. And that kingdom is Jesus. He's the source.
He knows what you have need of. And right now, he knows you need him. Let's get all of him we can get. Can we do that today? If you just close your eyes and look to heaven and say, Daddy, God, you know where I'm at. <laughs> I'm flawed without you. I'm nothing without you. <laughs> I'm a failure without you. But I need you to give me a knowing, an experience. Give me the promise. Give me spirit and fire so I'm not wondering no more. I'm not guessing any longer. Help me to know that I have your heart. Help me, Lord, be set free from every lie that's held me captive with depression and anxiety and loneliness and separation. Thank you, Daddy, right now for being so available. Come on, he's getting personal with several of you. He's getting real with some of you. You're letting him come to his house. His house is you. Let him have access to his house today. Open your heart. Let go. Get thankful. You can feel his presence on this level right now. Anything can happen. Be filled with the Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit in fire right now. It belongs to you. Receive it. In Jesus' name.